Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. One of the things for me was I wanted to know that my coach, it was more about what my coach was doing than what they were doing for other people because I wanted to make sure that my coach was actually making the money that they said that they were making and implementing the right the systems in their businesses that, that they were telling me to do. Mm. And me being able to see that was helpful for me. Um, and then obviously the other people in the program, like the testimonials and everything like that. But you can you can make testimonials, right? Yeah. So I don't give huge value to testimonials i mean i think if you want to talk to somebody in their program i think it's definitely important to reach out to multiple people in their program maybe people want their testimonials etc but i really wanted to make sure that my coach was doing that welcome back to the pretty af podcast i'm your host asley maslow and that clip was from today's guest ashley chanel i love this interview so much If you've been listening for a while, you probably know that I'm a digital marketer too, and I've been in the industry for 10 years, but ads is still something that totally scares me, and the way Ashley breaks down things in this episode, if you're scared to start ads or you've invested in them in the past and haven't seen the return on your investment, you have to listen to this episode. She went from crushing it in corporate America, being in marketing, to running her own business. She shares how she went from corporate to her own business and a ton of tips on if you're ready to start running ads. She shares how to figure out if you're ready and she also shares some tips on creating an awesome sales funnel. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. I am a digital marketer. I own a digital marketing agency called Make Your Mark. And I also deemed myself the marketing genie because I'm here to make all of your marketing dreams come true. I used to work in corporate. And one of the things that really pushed me to leave was that I saw two people have heart attacks and one person died. They died while they were working for this company. And I just realized that this company does not care about me and they will, you know, replace me before I'm even in the ground. That's just kind of how I felt. Yeah. And I really wanted to really follow my dreams. And I knew that what I could do was, um, I knew that I could work hard for myself and I knew that I could help people with the skills that I have. So I decided to leave and I did that in 2000. 16 or 17 and I never looked back. I mean, it was a hard road, but I mean, it was definitely worth it. (laughs) Can you share a little bit about that process of leaving? Like what made you decide to take that leap? Cause I know a lot of people like 
they want to. They see the people having heart attacks and they know they're replaceable, but it's so hard to leave when you feel like you have that secure check coming in. That's very true. I definitely um, enjoyed my paycheck. I made quite a bit. I wasn't at six figures, but I made quite a bit. And I mean, I traveled a lot. Like I didn't have a bad job, honestly. Like I liked the people that I worked for and worked with. My boss was like, you know, as long as you get your work done, I don't care where you are. So I actually left for half the year. I was gone. I would take trips and I was, you know, gone for about six months out of the entire year. And, but I think what it was, was that I could tell that they just did not care because they were laying people off every other day. It seemed like every day we would get an email from someone that said, Hey, this is going to be my last week. And the morale was just down and it just really sucked. And honestly, before I left, I had $60,000 saved. Most people don't leave with that amount of money um, available. I had that money in um, just savings and a bank account. I had some of that money in a 401k and I have some other of that, some of that money um, that I could liquidate from stocks for my company. Mm -hmm. Um, And that money went quickly. (laughs) Okay. It went very, very quickly. And I was very surprised because I don't, you know what I really thought when I, when I, oh, and I also had a voluntary layoff. So they, I was not on the layoff list, but we were merging companies. Like my department split companies and with the company we were with and then merged with another one who did not treat their employees very well, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is kind of not okay already. And we're going to go to another company that doesn't treat people well. Um, and I got three weeks of vacation. I think they only gave people one week at this. And I was like, that sounds awful. My boss was leaving and she offered me, she was like, hey, you are not only off this, do you want to leave? And I thought about it. I said, give me, give me a minute to think about it. So I thought about it for one day. I prayed about it. I had peace. And I said, put me on the list. It took a couple months for my layoff to actually happen. Mm-hmm. So I was able to save. And then it happened. And yeah, I mean, that's really, I just, I just did not feel comfortable with my future. I really wanted no one else but God and myself to just to determine my destiny. Mm-hmm. And that pull was just so hard and so deep because I even found jobs that were paying me more. But it just like the, the culture of the company wasn't right. It wasn't right. And I just was like, I know I can do this. I know I can do this. Yeah. Awesome. And I think that's so important to mention that you did have that savings mm-hmm. because I know I've seen people that like, get all inspired and then just quit their job and have like no plan. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's definitely not something I recommend is it is quitting without a plan. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that money went quickly. Like I was actually paying $1,500 a month on my student loans. And I did not, I did not actually lessen my bills until maybe three or four months in Hmm. because I thought, you know, (laughs) I'm intelligent. I'm smart. I have an MBA. You know, I'm great at what I do. I've made the company like $33 million in one quarter, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm fantastic. How can my business not thrive? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Gut punch, throat punch, slap in the face or whatever you want to call it. It took years for me to figure out how to get to a point where things were 
steady. I mean, you know, the illustrious 10K months, which Mm -hmm. we can definitely talk about, but it took years to get there because I was great at what I did. And I even have, you know, business acumen. I was in the the entrepreneurship program in college. It was the number one in the nation, right? Mm -hmm. And I had had access to a lot. However, it was not the same as running your own business. Mm-hmm. And that those there were a lot of lessons that I had to learn and I still learn. Yeah. What do you think were some of the major things that took you from kind of struggling when you were first starting your own business to now that you're having those 10K months? The difference is so much and there's not one thing but the main thing that I think a lot of people will tell you is mindset Mm -hmm. um minds and it was for me it was mindset around me not mindset around oh well you have to invest your money in your business what you do etc but it was mindset around when I first got into the online marketing world or online world of business I initially felt like oh my gosh, you know, I know I'm sure you've heard of like the origin story. You need to tell your story, but when you're in corporate, everything that matters does not matter in the online world. Your degrees to me, I felt like my degrees didn't matter. Um, so all of the experiences that I had in college, all of my internships, all of my full-time jobs, all of the things that I was able to do for the companies did not matter. Now Mm -hmm. I felt like my education no longer mattered. And that was really hard for me. And it was not until this past year that I'm, I reprogrammed myself, right? And I felt like my story didn't matter because I didn't have a rags to riches story, right? Mm. My job did not lay me off. I, I took that, right? And I didn't grow up in, in an awful home. Um, I mean, I grew up in a, six, a multi-six-figure household, right? Um, and I, I had a strong woman, um, she was a VP, woman as a mother. <laughs> She's a VP level, right? So I saw a lot of things and I had access to a lot of things. And I felt like because of that, no one was going to listen to me. Mm, yeah. and that was really, really hard to deal with and, and, and run a business with. And then another thing was raising my prices and realizing that because I am amazing and I have, you know, you have to tell yourself that. And because I know what I'm doing, and because of the, the things that I've done for other businesses and other my, my, my clients specifically, I need to charge accordingly. And I remember once I um, LinkedIn has this like LinkedIn Pro, or they did, I don't know if they still have it. And I, so I applied for one of the jobs and or to be a contractor. And one of the guys was like, he didn't hire me. And I asked him why. And he said, because my prices were too low. Yeah. And I was like blown away. I was like, really? So it was that, I mean, I said, I think the mindset around myself pricing and then really, um, building a team, like realizing early on, mm. early on that you do not have to do everything yourself and that you should not. So the money that you get, try to reinvest it as much as you possibly can in your business to get help and the right help. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I know a lot of people that don't own their own business, don't really understand that because I sometimes will talk to my friends or my family about investing in my business and paying people. And they're like, well, how are you paying people? Like you shouldn't, you should be saving your money or like paying off whatever your student loans or something. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's what's going to take me to the next level. You know, like I can't do it all 
on my own. Like, it's just no. not possible. <laughs> I was actually just talking to my friend about this yesterday about, she's an entrepreneur as well. She owns her own private practice. And I was talking about the risk level of people who are entrepreneurs versus people who aren't mm-hmm. and how the things that we do are very scary to other people and how it's really difficult that if your only support system are people who aren't entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for you to grow to the point where you need to, because you're listening to people who are scared to take action and no offense to them. Not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur, yeah. which you know, understandably, but you, you do have to take a little bit of risk in your, in your business and, you know, paying off student loans is definitely not something on the top of my list. I would love to, mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to me, it's just from being in different careers and like being laid off by companies that I thought were secure. I look at it, look at a nine to five as less secure than me betting on myself. Cause I know what I'm going to do and what I'm capable of, but I don't know what that nine to five is going to do. You know, you never know. You, like you said, you're replaceable and that's just kind of mm-hmm. how it is. And it's like, if you had to make, you know, $30,000 in a month or something like, or $10,000 in a month, you know what you could possibly do to get there. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you could increase your income at your job to, to make money to, cause like we just had to buy um, an AC unit I live in Texas and it is hot. It's getting hotter here. <laughs> and I mean, even like in 88 degrees, it, you can tell the difference in the house. It's a two story house. So we had to get an AC unit. I don't know if anybody's ever bought one of those before, <laughs> purchased one, but they range between like 5,000 to $15,000 per unit um, and system. Yeah. So just having the ability to put um, like portion of it down or, you know, whatever, not have to worry like you can't do that when you have a nine to five. And especially if you're not at an executive le- executive level where you don't have, you know, stock options or huge bonuses. Because mm-hmm. when my mom was working, she had like $93,000 bonuses. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. You know? And I was just like, I know it's going to take me 20 to 30 years. Because I used to want to be the VP of marketing for L'Oreal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. had, you know, big dreams to do that. And I, I realized that now I would love to work with L'Oreal. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work for L'Oreal, right? you know, and I would have the opportunity to do that by networking and building relationships faster and not have to waste, mm-hmm. not waste, not have to take 20 to 30 years to get to that VP level or 40 years to get to that level and deal with politics and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it's a huge mindset shift because like I just, I took my dog to get a teeth cleaning last week and mm-hmm. I, it was supposed to be like $200 and they're like, they said there might be some extraction. So like, just prepare for that. And I was like, okay, how much are those? And they're like, oh, like 40 to hundred per tooth. And I was like, wow. okay, so it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be more than like 600. So then mm-hmm. they called like a couple hours into it and they're like, so it's going to be $1,500 Oh my god! <laughs> and what? I feel like past me would have like completely freaked out and like been like, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna put it on a credit card. But like to be able to pay for it in cash and know that okay, I only even need one client to mm-hmm. more than pay for it. So it's like such a different mindset. Yeah. Versus like. I would have had to work for like two years and like <laughs> pay towards my credit card at like $50 yeah. a month for 
who knows when, you know? I think also the relationship with money I'm learning more about now and how how you hold on to money, what you do with it, and whether you believe more is going to come to you mm-hmm. also has a factor uh, or plays a part in and how you run your business and how much cash flow you have in and out of your uh, your accounts too, I thought was very interesting because when I started, you know, doing certain aff- affirmations and declarations over my business and over my life, things started moving forward in a way that I would never have been able to explain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, you know, checking your mind is, is extremely important when it comes to building your business. Yeah. Do you have any tips or different things that you did to kind of help with your mindset around money and your business? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So I always, I grew up with uh, my mom always talking about, okay, we have to do goals like before the new year. And so I always would do my goals and I never really hit my goals. Uh, when I was younger, when I was younger, I did, but like after college, it, it, it wasn't really working. And in my business, it wasn't really working. And I realized because my goals were huge, but I didn't have a, an actual action plan. I thought I had an action plan, mm. but I had kind of like to-do lists and they weren't an action plan. So the one thing I would say would be figure out your goals and create an action plan because that's going to help you realize that there is a path to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. The second thing, one of the things I did, I hired a, a mindset coach and I don't really want to call her that because what she does is help me get into alignment with the life that I see myself leading. And in order for me to get there, I have to change some things now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard the term like big T traumas and little T traumas. Mm-hmm. And And so learning what those traumas are in your life and being able to, like, once you identify them, clear them, acknowledge them and figure out paths to move forward. And then also I told, I took this thing called the Colby test, K-O-L-B-E. And it showed me that my follow game, my follow through game is weak. Okay. (laughs) Which means that I need a team. Mm. And that was so comforting to me. Because I'm a quick starter, I have I'm a visionary, and that's what the, the test told me. And then I'm a, I'm a shortcut creator, and I am um, someone who can come back and make things better, more beautiful, more amazing once they're already created. Mm. But I need help in the middle. I need somebody to help me implement. Yeah. Once I found that out about myself, I was able to give myself so much more grace mm. because I was always wondering why is everything taking so long. Why can I not get to where I want to be? And it was very defeating and deflating. But then once I figured that out, I was like, oh my gosh, I am great. It's okay. It's just, I just need some help. And once I figured that out and I got some people in place, it was amazing. It really was really like just helpful to know that I'm not crazy or there's nothing wrong with me. It's just that we all operate differently. And I think once you understand how you operate, Mm -hmm. life gets a lot easier like I like, and, and you know, the self-awareness and always, I think just wanting to know more about yourself so that you know how you can handle situations and things like that. But those would be my pieces of advice when it comes to fixing your, you know, your mindset around things. Oh, and then also I had a goal to surround myself with people who were making 30, 50, 80, a hundred thousand dollars a month. Mm, okay. And 
when you are looking to do it, I've heard something and I do believe it, that if you can't see it, you can't be it. Whether if you can't visualize it or you literally can't see it in front of you, you won't be able to be whatever it is or do whatever it is. So I wanted to surround myself with people who were making more money than I was so that I could see what their mindsets were like, what their actions were like, and what they were talking about so that I could do, be, and have and those same things. So I would say the support system matters. How did you create that support system? Let's see. Um... Facebook, yeah, <laughs> Facebook groups. Um, I think like I would find people in Facebook groups, and like sometimes we would get to talking if like I posted something or they posted something, and we would end up getting to talking in in the DMs mm. and having conversations. And then sometimes like you kind of have to um, take control of your own journey. So sometimes I would ask, hey, or even some people would ask me, or actually some people would reach out to me, but when I would reach out or when we would have conversations, I would ask them, hey, do you want to do accountability once a month? Um, because once a week is a lot. Like if you commit to once a week, that is a lot. But I think when if you commit to once a week, you have to be maybe like in launch mode or something to help someone keep you accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I did get a coach. I got a coach and I know people feel how they feel about coaches, but um, my coach, I think at the time was making 80 or a hundred thousand dollars a month. And there were mindset things that she helped me with. There were tactical things, um, you know, systems, things that she was helping me with and confidence things. Mm-hmm. Because remember, like, even at that point, I felt like my story still did not matter. And I was trying to do my origin story, my rags to riches origin story that just really did not exist. <laughs> and I was like, nobody's going to, you know, relate to me or like, what do I have to offer? Um, And then after that, I stopped with her and then I was like doing my thing. And like every time I've gotten a coach, my money has increased, but Mm -hmm. I do vet my coaches very well. Um, I have yet to find a coach where I felt like I did not get value from them and they did not help me increase my bank account. So then I would say September. So I think I ended with her maybe in February or March. September, I got a new coach. Like, I I implemented some things. September, I got a new coach. And then I implemented, and I stopped with her because it was a four-month thing. And then I got a new coach. And, you know, things have just been continuously growing. My confidence, my my mindset, the people around me, and just making sure I'm curating the life and the things that I want to curate. And just making sure that I also give myself grace and a rest. Because rest is not a luxury. I don't yeah. believe resting is a luxury, and people should stop saying that it's self care because it is a necessity. It's a necessity. <laughs> we are humans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, we have to stop meeting like this. I'm totally kidding. But I wanted to let you know that I have three ebooks for free on my website. And if you go to asleymaslow.com and click courses, it's right under my courses. I have one ebook on how to grow your Instagram, one on how to get started as an influencer on Instagram, and a third on how to make your first hire doing all the things that you currently hate doing. So I will let you get back to your episode, but I wanted to let you know about those goodies. So you mentioned how much coaches 
have helped you. And I know coaches have helped me too, but I've also had, because I'm a coach as well, I've had clients and potential clients tell me how they've gotten burned by coaches or disappointed or it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. So what is your tips on finding and vetting the coaches that you choose to work with? I, my first, I think, question I would ask is, why do you want a coach? Um, why do you want this particular coach? Is it because they have, like, you've seen them on ads everywhere? Is it because you truly see the people in their program making progress? What is it um, about the coach that you even align with? Like, are mm-hmm. your values on point? Like, to get, like, do they make sense for you? Um, one of the things for me was I wanted to know that my coach, it was more about what my coach was doing than what they were doing for other people because I wanted to make sure that my coach was actually making the money that they said that they were making and implementing the right, the systems in their businesses that that they were telling me to do. Mm. And me being able to see that was helpful for me. Um, and then obviously the other people in the program, like the testimonials and everything like that, but you can, you can make testimonials, right? Yeah. So I don't give huge value to testimonials. I mean, I think if you want to talk to somebody in their program, I think it's definitely important to reach out to multiple people in their program, maybe people on their testimonials, etc. But I really wanted to make sure that my coach was doing that. Like I had another mentor who was who had built multiple seven-figure businesses and an eight-figure business. And I wanted to know what they were doing. And then also for me, I need my coach to be involved. I need a touch point. Mm. And the touch point doesn't just need to be a Q&A call, right? Mm. I need a touch point to help answer my questions. There can't be 15 people on the call because the call is going to take two to three hours if everybody is asking their own question right. and getting maybe 10 to 15 minutes with the coach. So for me, I don't mind a group program, but I needed to make sure I had access to the coach and they knew my business Mm. and they could remember from the last time we spoke, what we spoke about and how, um, and what I've done. And even remember the little idiosyncrasies about myself and, you know, maybe the confidence issues and, and be able to see something and help me tweak it. But really I watch what they do. And also, this is a, might be a little bit easier for me because I do have business acumen, but also I have I'm a marketer, so I can tell if some what somebody's doing and if they're and if they're doing it right and if what they're saying makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's also what like one of like my my second coach. I watched what she did, and because she was selling something um, for content creation, and there are a lot of people out here who sell stuff for content creation that is not helpful. And I was watching what she did. I, I wanted to see if she was actually doing what she said she was gonna do. And I was like, her content is gold. Mm-hmm. And it was about selling from your content. So it was content that sells, right, mm-hmm. for you. And I wanted that, right? Cause I didn't really wanna have to like do a whole bunch of extra stuff. So um, I would just say, watch what they do. See if your values align. If they don't go the other way, because there are people out here that I do not align with and I would never work with. I don't care how much money they make. Mm-hmm. I don't align with their values. So right. pay more attention to your values than than the promises that they make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so huge because 
I've seen coaches that the things that they recommend, I would never do. And you can know that beforehand by seeing if your values align, because Mm -hmm. if they're into like trying to make quick money and they don't really care who they burn or whatever, like, and that's not who you are, then you know what they're going to recommend to you is going to be those same type of tactics. So what do you like in a coach? I'd love to know. Yeah. I, I really, I base a lot of it on if I feel like I can click with the person that it's someone that I would just want to be friends with because usually anyone I've worked with, we spend a lot of time with like one-on-one calls. So I know I'm going to be spending a lot of time with this person. And I think a lot of what I look for is, is their lifestyle what I want? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if they're like, if I know they're always working all day long, or I know that they have kids and they never see their kids. Like one of my big goals is once I have kids, I want to be able to be present with them, but still have my business. So someone that has those things that in the future I want, then I, I feel comfortable taking their advice and investing in them because I know they're going to lead me to what I ultimately want. Yeah. That's a really, really great point. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason that I actually wanted you on the podcast was because of your funnels and your ads. So when I read through your application, I started looking at your website and I'm a marketer too. So I was like, I'm, I'm always leery about bringing another marketing person on just because I do a solo episode every other week. That's just like branding and marketing tips. So I don't want it just to be repetitive of what I've said or someone else has said. Right. But I know you help people with funnels. And when I looked at your funnels, I was like, okay, this girl knows what she's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone doesn't know, what is a funnel? A funnel, as simply as I can put it, is a, it is just a sales process that is truly at the at the base of it that's what it is it's a sales process some of us can have great sales processes some of us can have really bad sales processes some of us can have sales processes that don't work which is why some people are not making money and i like to say a funnel is a a sales process and a and a system Hmm. that gets somebody from point a to point b or from point high to point by b-u-y and something that really just gets someone to purchase from you or take the action that you want them to take. Mm-hmm. Because we have got lead generation that's going to help you build your email list or build, you know, just your your list of subscribers, whether that's, you know, messenger bots or text messaging or whatever. And then there's the sales, the sales funnels that are going to get people to actually buy from you. Mm. So when it comes to funnels, what are the key things that people should have in place you need a for a a, for a sales funnel or just for a funnel just in general to work you need a traffic system a conversion system and you need a follow-up system Mm 
-hmm. Your traffic system is either going to be your paid, your paid traffic, which is ads, um, JV partnerships, affiliates, things like that, or organic. And that is social media, that is word of mouth, like referrals, things like that. And I, I will say that the organic route is the slowest route. It is a route that everyone must take because if you don't know how your sales system works, mm. then your then your funnel's not gonna work. And so if you're trying to pay some use paid ads for a for a funnel, um, and you don't even know how your sales process works organically, then your ads are probably gonna fall short. So that's your traffic system, either paid or organic. Then you need to need a conversion system. And your conversion system can be um, it can be your landing pages. Um, so like lead generation page or your sales page landing pages, um, a checkout page if it has, I, mean, I like a checkout page to be kind of decked out with testimonials and things like that, mm-hmm. but you can have that. Or it can be your, you know, your sales phone calls, like your discovery calls or, or sales calls. So anybody getting on the phone, that can be part of your conversion process. So any way that you're going to get someone to say yes from yes to you. And then your follow-up system is one of the things I think is actually one of the most important because I know you have probably heard the fortune is in the Mm follow-up, but you have to have something on the back end that's going to check back in with people to make sure that number one, you are on top of mind. Number two, in case they missed whatever it was, they have another another opportunity to purchase. Um, If they have purchased, what else can they purchase and how can they keep up with you? How can you... Um, stay engaged with them? How can you build a community? Because if you're not going to build a community like with a Facebook group or, or text message marketing or something like that, mm-hmm. um, you need to still continue to continue to build a community around you and around your brand. Um, and your follow-up system does not have to be emails. It can be text message marketing. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend phone calls checking in, but <laughs> even for like coaches and sales uh, and service-based businesses, you just even having like, like say you had a discovery call with someone and it just didn't work out at that moment. You mm-hmm. can have a six month or a one year check-in saying, hey, it's our one year anniversary. Let's, um, let me know, like, are you still having this problem that we spoke about? And if so, let's get back, let's get on a call and like, let's see how I can help you because maybe that time wasn't right for you. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're still having the problem, I really want to help you get to where you want to be. And that is all can be all automated, right? So mm. those are the three pieces um, that I believe that you need for a working sales funnel. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I think one of the most important things that you mentioned is figuring out your funnel before you invest in ads. Yeah. Because I do a lot of discover discovery calls with people and so many people that are just starting out they just start boosting posts and I'm like why are you doing that like it's not your post isn't even pointing to a funnel yeah and they're like what are you talking about yeah they don't have a back end set up it's like send them somewhere to do something yeah something you know whether it's sign up for a freebie a waiting list or, or something that's you know going to allow you to be able to contact them later and i am an advocate of ads i love ads i think they are absolutely amazing but like you said i mean you need to have something on the back end that's going to help you know you get to your goal right (laughs) so how does someone know if they're ready to start investing in ads 
I would say, number one, if you have a great lead magnet, if you have a great lead magnet already, because mm-hmm. there are two, like I said earlier, there's a lead generation funnel and then there's a sales funnel. For lead generation funnel, I do not think that you need to be making a certain amount in your business to start investing in ads. Um, for lead generation, your ROI, your return on investment is the leads. It is your email list growing. That is a return on investment. So I don't want people to freak out and say, well, I've spent this much money and I haven't made this much money mm. because sometimes your ROI is not monetary. Sometimes mm. your, your ROI is data. So flooding your pixel, we call it seasoning your pixel. Uh, that is gold right? Getting the right people to your landing pages and making sure they're the ones interacting with your Instagram, your Facebook, and, you know, your website, because we can retarget those people later um, over the course of, I think, 180 days, right? So I think that's absolutely amazing and helpful. But for your lead generation, like I said, it's not always going to be monetary, um, Mm -hmm. your return on investment. So I think if you have a great lead magnet already, then you should start investing in ads to increase your email list because the organic route when it comes to growing your email list is slow. It Mm -hmm. is a slow crawl, um, especially if you don't already have a community and you don't have a quiz because quizzes are, I think the fastest way to help your email list grow even organically. But if you don't have a quiz and it's a PDF or something like that, or a coupon or a free discovery call, you know, whatever it is, that is going to take a little bit longer for you to grow your email list. And then the second, um, for the sales portion, I would say I have so many tips on ads. I'm not going to go too deep, but (laughs) I would say that if you are making, if you are on the cusp of six figures, typically I would say if you are making 25, 250,000 a year or more, Mm. I would say go ahead and start really running ads. But there is a caveat there. If you are going to start running an SLO funnel, which is a self-liquidating funnel for like smaller offers, like $27, $47 offers, $97 offers to help you um, get people to buy and pay for your ad spend. That's really what it means. Um, But those are, those are my tips on ads. I mean, I can always go deeper, but (laughs) I don't want to scare people. Um, so if someone's brand new, what is a pixel? (laughs) Thank you. Yes. I tend to glaze over that. A Facebook pixel is a piece of code that allows Facebook to track what people are doing on the internet. Okay. So whenever you, you know, get on, you know, fashionnova.com or ASOS.com and then you come back to Facebook or Instagram and all of a sudden you see what you were looking at mm-hmm. in your feed, that is a, that's what a Facebook pixel does. It allows um, companies to follow you around on the internet and not just on Facebook and Instagram. When you log into, or when you go to some websites, some websites have advertising space. Mm-hmm. So what you looked at is also going to pop up there. Like even on Etsy, um, Etsy is a good one. They have pixels and their stuff will follow you around all the time as well. Um, and it's just really helpful because it, once someone goes to your site, now you're able to retarget them with, with an ad, right? You're able to, um, or even people who interact with your Instagram, Mm -hmm. you can target them. 
You can retarget people who have in, interacted with your Facebook page. And I, that's why I love ads is because you don't have to do as much work as you think. And when it comes to the touch points, oh my goodness, you need so many nowadays. And the Facebook pixel helps you hit all of those touch points, but it, it really helps you not have to be as active as mm. you think you would have to be yeah. for the organic route. Yeah, that I think that definitely makes sense because if you even just go to your website and like fill out one of the quizzes or check out how to, because um, I think you have a video on how to do the Facebook pixel, right, on your mm-hmm. website. Yeah. Then go back on Facebook and you'll probably see her ad. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's just one example, but it, it's just a reminder kind of to keep you top of mind. And mm-hmm. if you, because when people are online, they get distracted really easily. Like so bad. <laughs> the phone rings or like TikTok popped up or whatever. <laughs> so the more that you're popping up, the more likely people are going to end up working with you just because they don't forget about you. Absolutely. And there's so many different strategies to use. I mean, if I were to recommend ads to anyone, I would recommend um, engagement ads for your best content, Mm. your best content, the content that people liked the most. Okay. And I would also recommend video views ads if you want to, because they're so cheap. Engagement ads and video views ads are so inexpensive to run to get the uh, most amount of people to look. Cause I, I have it. I think I have is it an engagement ad that I now have like 31,000 people that I could retarget. Hmm. And I only have what 4,000 people on my Instagram, you know, and that's yeah. another thing. I just wanted to let people know you don't have to have 10,000 followers to be making $10,000 a month mm-hmm. or more than that. So the followers don't always equate to, to the cash. I mean, they can, if you do it right, but, um, <laughs> You don't have to have a lot to actually be making the money that you want to make. But yeah, definitely, I would say engagement ads and video views ads for if you were trying to show people that you know what you're talking about or kind of like do a bit of like a demo of your product or service or anything like that. Um, I think those are great to start off with. because They're so cheap and they gather people for you to retarget later. Mm. So if you're in the process of you're trying to ramp up your business to the point that you're making that. 250,000 a year and then you're ready for really using ads for selling Uh um do you have any tips on kind of getting to that point Uh yeah um I my first tip is to not be scared (laughs) um or to move through the fear anyway um I know ads seem a lot like pretty scary and I have a post on my Instagram that says uh hey babe it's not it's not the ads it's you (laughs) um not sorry (laughs) and it's because a lot of people give up very easily and it's because you don't have a plan when it comes to video views or when it comes to Facebook ads. And one of the things that I like are, I like to start with engagement ads and or video views ads. So then those people who watched um, uh, my, my video or engaged with my content, now I can retarget them with my lead magnet because I know they are gonna be more interested in my mm-hmm. lead magnet than just random people, right? right? So then, they're kind of semi-warm. And then I can retarget the people who downloaded my lead magnet or still watch the video or engage with my content. I can retarget them with, say, my challenge or 
or my webinar. And again, you don't have to be making $250,000 a year to do this at all. But I would say if you were really trying to go in and sell like your high ticket service or yeah, your high ticket program or anything like that, um, you have more money to work with because if, if you spend, like say your high ticket program is $5,000 or something like that, you're more willing to spend $1,000 on ads to make $5,000 or you're more right. willing to spend $2,500 on ads to make $5,000 because anytime you, your return on ad spend is over one. So meaning for every dollar you spend, you get a dollar back. That means you're breaking even mm. anytime you're at one, 1. 1.5, two, three, four, et cetera. That means you're making for every dollar you spend, you making $4. you like, you get $4 back. Yeah. So you're more willing to spend that money. That's why I say 250000 is a really great number to have to start running ads, but you don't have to be there. You can start on the low end with the engagement ads and get your um, get get your pixel seasoned, and then you can start putting, like, in with the lead magnet, you just want to make sure that your lead magnet is something people actually want. Because mm. if they don't, you're going to be wasting your money and you're going to be really upset. And, and Ashley said that <laughs> you don't have a lot of money, but my ads aren't working. No, you need a really great lead magnet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's definitely super helpful. So I'm going to go into the next set of the pretty AF questions that I ask every, okay. every guest. Um, so we're a lot about giving back 20% of our proceeds go to animal charities. Mm-hmm. Um, so in what ways do you give back and what makes you want to do that? Oh, I, you know, what's funny is I did not grow, grow up around kids, but I think children's minds are so important. And, um, mainly because my mom, she, um, got her degree in psychology and, and child psychology as well. She thought she wanted to be a child psychologist, but she realized she did not. (laughs) And, um, but I see what happens, like just growing up, um, because of her psychology degree, she showed me how to, um, like read people and, and understand people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized because of the big T traumas and little T traumas that people do not cope with or get help for, they put that on their children. Mm-hmm. And I see what happens when you put, when you, when you put unhealed traumas on your kids and what they grow up into and, you know, the lack of self-love, the lack of self-awareness and things like that. So I really love to um, volunteer with children's organizations or girls' organizations to help with self-esteem and self-worth, like Girls, Inc., Dress for Success, because Mm -hmm. I love being able to give people the tools to build their life instead of just giving, like, I mean, I think it's important to, you know, teach people to fish, but I think it's also important to give people something like fish to eat while they're hungry so that they can focus <laughs> on learning how to fish. But I love Dress for Success. I think what they do is absolutely amazing. And it's just because it allows for them to, like, not only feel empowered, like, oh my goodness, I can do this, but also to see that it's not over. 
right? And I think I, I love Dress for, for Success. I love Girls Inc. And I love um, volunteering, volunteering with other organizations that help make sure that children are on the right path as far as self-love, self-worth, and self, self-awareness and self-esteem. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So we're going to go into like a little bit of a speed round. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your best tips to be pretty AF. Um, so what is your number one travel tip? Oh my gosh. My no- I love to travel. Okay. I have been to 35 countries oh, and wow. I cannot wait to go to more. My number one tip for traveling. Oh yes. Always eat the local food. Um, when you eat the local food, you, you learn more about their culture. I'm obsessed with learning about culture because I I have an intolerance for intolerance. And I believe when you learn culture, we, we create a world that um, creates understanding, which I think is what the world is really lacking now. Um, but eat the food, um, and talk to the people, talk to them because People are so friendly. They love to tell you stories and they know so much about their history. It's insane. Yeah. So those are my tips for, for traveling. That's awesome. What is your number one wellness tip? Wellness tip? Um, uh, spend the money. <laughs> uh, it's not frivolous to take care of yourself. It's not frivolous to do the things that make you happy. And it's not frivolous to do the things that fill your soul. For me, massages are important. Um, I like hydrofacials. I get one once a month. Um, I didn't always, um, because even though I knew that spending money on myself was not frivolous, it still felt, I did not want to let go of that money because I was like, oh my goodness, I can put this money back in my business. What am I doing? Mm. But it's it's important for you to feel good, right? And yeah. especially during this time, like do the things that make you feel good. But for me, it was making sure that I was taking care of myself and knowing, defining what a luxury to you is and what one is not. I believe that people after the age of 28 should no longer be cleaning their own houses. (laughs) And it is, I don't think, I don't find having someone like having a housekeeper, I don't find that to be a luxury. Your house needs to be clean. Your space needs to be cleaned. Who cares who cleans it? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always have to be as expensive as you think it does. Um, and then I also had somebody start meal prepping for me mm-hmm. because if it were up to me, I probably would maybe only eat once a day and it would be whatever was at hand, which is not always the healthiest option. Right. So mm-hmm. to me, that's not a luxury. It was a necessity. And also the resting thing. I started listening to myself and I typically don't take naps, but sometimes I felt the need to take one and I took one and I felt more rejuvenated and, um, and yeah, so I would say spend the money listen to your body yeah I definitely think a lot of things that we see as luxuries we think they're more expensive than they really are and if you actually think about whatever it is that you make per hour if you figure it out how much you make based on what you do the amount of money that you're spending like if you make $150 an hour you're not going to pay someone $150 to clean your house per hour. So you're actually wasting money by doing it. Exactly. And there are people, I mean, depending on how big your house is, right? I mean, it could take maybe two hours and some people charge $40 an hour. Some people might charge you just for the number of bedrooms or bathrooms. And even for meal prep for me, 
I, I, I asked a lot of different people, and I actually have a friend, and I one day will be able to have him personal chef for me. But I asked him, and he was like six fifty a week, and I was like, okay, <laughs> that is not in this budget at this moment. But I'm going to aspire to get there. Yeah. And I found yeah. someone that was eighty five dollars a week, which is way less than I spend on Uber Eats for like three days. Okay, <laughs> I think I just spent forty forty bucks on Wingstop yesterday I was right. with my friend right so and then I saw another one book was 185 a week so I was just like what is like like you said pick your budget mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can stay within it I promise definitely what is your number one beauty tip oh my number one beauty tip smile think about the things <laughs> that make you happy um I think that honestly you thinking about the things that make you happy and Speaking the things over your life that you want help to reduce the stress in your face Mm -hmm. Uh, and sunscreen. I don't care what amount of melanin you have in your skin. Sunblock does not block you from changing color. It just (laughs) blocks you from getting the cancer causing things. So I would say sunblock would be my my other tip (laughs) and smiling. Definitely. Both important. So I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview and sharing all those tips with us. How can people find you? What are your current offers? All that stuff. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Um, You can find me at Ashley Chanel on Instagram. Um, And if you want to uh, check out some of my, like, some of my funnels, you can go to clubhouseashley.com. That'll probably be the easiest way to get there. But the link is also in my bio and my Instagram. Okay. What are the current ways that people can work with you? You can work with me with, first I've got something called the OTB challenge. It's called the opt-in to buy-in challenge where you can create your lead generation funnel in 14 days. It can take you longer or shorter, just depending on how fast you work. But in 14 days, you can have a lead generation funnel up and running, including your lead magnet. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I kind of also give you some tips on social media on how to uh, promote. And then I am, I'm almost done with my ads course. Um, It's going to be extremely, extremely affordable for the newbies because I mean, ads are so convoluted. They're so cumbersome and they're overwhelming for a lot of people. So I wanted to do that. And I've got another system, uh, another program coming up really, really soon for those who need their marketing and sales systems together so that you can blow past six figures because a lot of my audience they have a vast vision they don't just want to hit six figures they want to be able to do what they want when they want how they want Mm. and i will have my webinar going pretty soon and i'm excited for that but yeah i think um just hanging out with me and like taking my quiz um you'll be able to uh get access to those pretty soon awesome can you repeat what that last offer was called yeah it's called systems that sell okay Awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to? Um, I don't think so. You asked some really great questions and I'm really happy with um, what we, what we spoke about. And I feel like it would, it was definitely beneficial and helpful um, for those who are looking to transition, those who are in their business, looking for ads and funnels and things like that. Yeah. I've been in marketing for 10 years and ads still scare me so (laughs) a lot of your advice was helpful to me too so I know it'll be helpful (laughs) 
So this is the last question that I ask every guest. What does being pretty AF mean to you? Being pretty AF to me means being able to unapologetically step into your power. I think that is important. That is part of my purpose and what I, I love to help women do because I remember there were points in my life when I was not unapologetically stepping into my power and I know what it felt like. It felt like making decisions out of desperation instead of mm -hmm. out of from a position of strength. Yeah. And I believe that women are the most amazing beings on this planet. And women, when women are strong, they raise strong children who build strong communities. And we need more of that. And in order for me to help people, help women unapologetically step into their power, I do that through my marketing mm -hmm. and helping them help their audience and be able to do what they want when they want, how they want, because we deserve all the options. We deserve all of the amazing things that we want in our lives. And to me, that's what being pretty AF looks like. Thank you so much, Ashley, for taking the time to be on the pretty AF podcast. And if you're listening and you're blown away, please go to the show notes, click on her links, check her out, give her a follow on Instagram. And I will see you in next week's solo episode. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF. <laughs>